0: We're going to be talking about the concepts of spiritual development, or spiritual growth, how you want to call it, the concepts of spiritual development. Uh, this is not something I've taken out of some other person's book, but this is something the Lord has been giving me, and I have been putting this together, and want to share with you. Hallelujah. The focus text, as you see there in your handout, that we're going to be focusing on during this whole series, is Hebrew. is part of Hebrew six and one. Uh, I don't have the whole verse printed there, but it's it's the point. It's the part of the verse that we're going to be uh, focusing on. Therefore, leaving the principles of the doctrine of Christ, let us go on into perfection. Hallelujah. Therefore, leaving the principles of the doctrine of Christ, let us go on into perfection, not laying again the foundation of repentance you see it on the screen from dead works and the faith toward God. Uh, that same verse in the uh, basic uh, uh, biblical English version um, For this reason, let us go on from the first things about Christ to full growth, to full growth. That's what perfection in the Bible means, maturity, full growth. For years, we have had it talked to us in Pentecostal circles that uh, we can somehow in this life get to the point where we'll never have any problems with our flesh. We can overcome it all. We can overcome all sin because the Bible says, Be ye perfect. But the word, when Judah said, Be ye perfect, it has nothing to do whatsoever with not never sinning or having a mistake. The word perfection means maturity. Maturity. In other words, God expects you to Shut up your crying and your whining and become a man or a woman. Hello, somebody. Glory to God. Amen. God said he's tired of feed, uh, feeding some of his people having, having stick pacifiers in their mouth. Hallelujah. That's what some pastors have to do. He has to. He has to put some some of the saints on pacifiers, and other you've got to f- keep feeding with a bottle. Been feeding with a bottle for 40 years, and still, if you try to give them solid food, they choke to death. Hello. Now I'll let you know right off. i let you know right off the bat we're gonna get we're gonna get down and dirty in this. We're gonna get tight. It may be tight, but it's gonna be right. Hallelujah. Because God is telling me that he wants his people to know that it's time for his church to grow up. If you don't do it now, you never will do it. If it's not done now, it never will happen. So we've got to get beyond the first things. Don't just keep shouting about Acts 2.38. Acts 2.38 is right, but there's a whole lot more in this book than Acts 2.38. And not trying to ridicule or nothing like that. I'll praise God for them. But a lot of our older ones, amen, it's gone on now. If you was to take Acts 2.38 away from them, they wouldn't know what else to preach in God's Word. Hallelujah. Once you obey Acts 2.38, you need to have a man of God that takes you deeper into the Word. The Acts 2.38 is just a foundation. Hallelujah. I ain't never seen nobody buy a piece of property and build a foundation and then crawl out there and set sit, sit their chair and their bed over inside that foundation and try to live on it without constructing a house on top of the foundation. Hallelujah. God wants you to build a house on top of that foundation. Let's look at our introduction. I've got to get going people understand the concept of growth and the physical development of humans and we know why it's important we understand why that physical development is important babies are immature physically and mentally but we expect them to develop and if they don't we know there's a problem hallelujah Amen. It's cute if little baby Johnny's crawling, crawling around, you know, at six or seven months or whatever. But uh, uh, by 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 three, four, or five, if the only way they can get around is still crawl, you've done had them to a specialist long before then. Amen. Spiritual growth is similar is is a similar concept but it's far more important. Your spiritual growth is more important than your physical growth. Now, if you notice, there, there are some review questions in the back, and as we go along, uh, you'll be able to uh, answer those questions. One of them fi- I'm fixing to read, the answer right now to one. Growth is development or improvement toward a goal called maturity, or in the Bible, perfection. In the King James Version, that's cause, it uses the word perfection. When one is born again as a child of God, he is spiritually immature. As time passes, he should develop the qualities or abilities which the Bible says characterize the mature. Hallelujah. As the individual members mature, the congregation matures as well. Hallelujah. You've heard the saying go that no chain is any stronger than its weakest link. Hallelujah. Amen. As the individual members in a congregation grow and get closer to God and mature, that not that, that, that only helps you, but that helps me. That helps your brother or sister sitting around you because as each one of the individual members begin to grow, the whole congregation grows. And we can achieve more. We can do more. Hallelujah. Amen, amen. Hallelujah. There are many scriptures which describe the need to grow and mature spiritually. And if growth doesn't occur... Here's something else you'll see again in a question. If growth doesn't occur, the convert will either eventually fall away or become spiritually handicapped, unable to function in the body in a beneficial way. Now, we all know what it is for a child to be handicapped. It's terrible. It's pitiful to see a little child with some type of handicap. But we've got a lot of handicapped Christians. They're mild, developed in the spirit. Hallelujah. They're not mentally incompetent, but they're spiritually incompetent. Hallelujah. And if a person does not go on beyond baptism in Jesus' name and getting the Holy Ghost, there's either one or two things going to happen. You can can take this to the bank. Sooner or later, they're going to fall away. That's how come we have baptized so many people and we don't see them here now. They've fallen away because they didn't get no further than that. A lot of them didn't even get as far as getting the Holy Ghost. Hallelujah. A lot of them only got wet. You're exactly right, brother. Only got wet. Hallelujah. So, that's one of two things that are going to happen if people don't begin to grow. They're either going to fall away or they're going to become spiritually handicapped. And when they become spiritually handicapped, they're not going to be able to function in the body of Christ in a beneficial way, they're not going to be able to help themselves. AND THEY'RE NOT GONNA BE ABLE TO HELP NOBODY ELSE. GOD DIDN'T JUST SAVE YOU FOR YOUR SAKE. HE, he INTENDED TO USE YOU AS A TOOL TO REACH SOMEBODY ELSE. HALLELUJAH. LISTEN, WE ALL COME THROUGH DIFFERENT PROBLEMS IN OUR LIFE. GOD USES THE PROBLEMS THAT YOU WENT THROUGH AND THE LIFESTYLE YOU LIVED BEFORE YOU GOT SAVED He takes that and He uses it so you can minister and help somebody else out there that's going through that now. And you've got to grow enough spiritually that you can do that. Hallelujah. Amen. I mean, that's one thing why I'm encouraging Sister Lisa so much. And I'm seeing, I don't know know if anybody else is seeing, but I am seeing some growth with her since she started... She's getting more serious. You can see it, amen. In, 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 her, in, in, her, in her life, you can begin to see it, amen. In certain attitudes and, and, and different different things. Because listen, there's some women out there behind those prison bars that she can help that I can't help because I ain't been there. I hadn't done that. What was your life? What kind of wreck was your life in before you really got in the church? God will use that. For you to be able to minister to somebody else. So you see, you what God just didn't save you for your sake. He saved you for somebody else. That you might be a vessel that he can use. Oh, I ain't been called to preach. I ain't told me being called to preach. We all are ministers in the kingdom of God. Amen. Hallelujah. Everybody I'm looking at tonight is a minister. This sister right here passed out over a thousand cards, baby, maybe more than that. She's ministering. Hallelujah. Praise God. It ain't all just about me. God don't bless me just because he likes my pretty face. <laughs> Hallelujah. He blesses me that I can in turn bless somebody else. Hallelujah. Don't be selfish. Don't be greedy. If God blesses you in some kind of way, share it. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. And let let me tell you something. There, There are some people, there are some people who won't allow others to be blessed. You know why? Let me tell you. If somebody ever tries to bless you in some kind of way, where it's, you give you some money so they feel like blessing you or doing something else. There's a lot of people, they'll they'll back up and say, No, I I don't want to receive that. Why do you want to be that selfish and stop that blessing from that person? You're hindering them from a blessing. Hallelujah. Glory to God. That's how God touches people and blesses people. Hallelujah. Amen. So there are many scriptures in the Bible, and just for the introduction, I'm going to read two tonight. Ephesians chapter 4, verses 14 and 16. Notice what it says in Ephesians. That we henceforth, and that word henceforth means from now on, from now on, be no more children. Tossed to and fro and carried about with every wind of doctrine. By the slight of men and cutting craftiness. whereby they lie in wait to deceive. But speaking the truth in love may grow up in him. Notice that phrase, grow up in him in all things. Not just some things, but in all things. Hallelujah. Which is the head, even Christ from whom the whole body fitly joined together, compacted by that which is every joint supplies, according to the effectual working in the measure of every part, makes increase of the body into the edifying of itself in love. Your growth increases this church. It edifies this church. Hallelujah. Amen. Then Second Peter chapter 3, 17 and 18. Hallelujah. 2 Peter three seventeen and 18. Ye therefore, beloved, seeing you know these things before, beware lest ye also being led away with the error of the wicked, fall from your own steadfastness. Verse 18, notice what it says. You're going to see that word grow again. But grow in grace. Not only in grace, but also in the knowledge of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. To Him be the glory both now and forever. Amen. Many, many other scriptures, but uh, just for introduction, that's all we're going to bring out right now. So, growth is a natural thing. If it doesn't occur, something's wrong. But there's also responsibilities that a person needs to take to enhance their growth. Hallelujah. Amen. There's certain responsibilities. Just as a child needs to do certain things to grow or mature physically, What are some of the things that a child does to help them grow? One of the main things is to go to school to get an education. That's a growth process. Hallelujah! Learning! Amen! Uh, So you can interact and live in in this world. That's part of a child's growing up. If a child does not put effort into that, they're going to they're they're going to grow up to be a dummy. <laughs> Amen. When they get grown. Amen. Hallelujah. I mean there there were some times that I didn't I uh, <laughs> I used I, I I used to get Sister Penrod all the time. And she had we, uh, after after I stopped, we stopped pastoring at First Apostolic. We, we attended there, Brother Penrod's, for a while before we came down here and took over down down here. And uh, when I used to teach or preach up, uh, up there, I said, you know, I said, the Lord called me to preach when I was 14 years old. So I first got the idea. I said, well, I don't need no education. I'm going to be a preacher. <laughs> Man, that just blowed her mind. <laughs> And then when I seen I got such a reaction, I I, I, I throw that at her all the time. I, I didn't need no education. I was gonna be a preacher, yeah. And sadly, we got a lot of preachers that don't know how to do nothing but run rabbits. Oh, bless God! I open my mouth, and you feel it. Yeah, a lot of times it's filled with hot air. Hallelujah. There, there's a mistake that I made. There's a mistake that I made. Although I knew God called me when I was young, I was 14 years old, if I could go back and do it over, I would not have immediately started preaching. I would have taken more time to prepare and understand His Word. Hallelujah. Because I got a couple old tapes, you know, of me back in those early days. And if, you, if, if I got up and I preached, I mean, it's like, like some other Pentecostal preach, preachers I know, and I preached for 30 or 40 minutes or better. If you took away all the glory God, hallelujah, thank you, Jesus, out of it, the sermon content wouldn't last five minutes. Didn't so and so preach good all the other night? What did he say? Glory, to God! Hallelujah! thank you Jesus by fifty million million times. I'm not. I'm not trying to be rude tonight. Hallelujah! But we got a whole lot of our brothers and sisters have never really got any good teaching. Hallelujah! All they got is are just a good feel good, a good emo- good emotional high. Hallelujah. Let me tell you something. I can't teach you something that I haven't first learned myself. Before any man or woman tries to stand before people, he needs to first kneel before God. Hallelujah. If I don't meet God one-on-one on my own, I can't get in here and do what I do on Sunday morning, Sunday night, and Wednesday night. I'm not that good. I'm not good enough to do that. I need God. It ain't me after Sunday morning when I have people tell me, Br- Brother Sammy, I, 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 and I, people tell me this all the time. Uh, I, I swear, Brother Sammy, uh, I believe you got a tape recorder hid somewhere in my house. Or they'll say, Brother Sammy, you've been reading my mail. Hey, ain't Brother Sammy. That's the Holy Ghost. That's God giving me what's needed. When I pray, And I begin to seek for a message. I say, God, you, like when I, first thing tomorrow, I'll be doing it tomorrow, I'll be praying for God to give me a message for Sunday morning. And my first prayer will be, Lord, you know everybody's going to be here Sunday morning, so you know what they need. You give me, God, what they need. I don't have that wisdom. I don't have that knowledge. I don't have that ability. Hallelujah. That's what I'm talking about, church. So just as a child needs to do certain things to grow, Christians need to do certain things to grow spiritually. There's certain things you've got to do spiritually if you want to grow. And when a child of God doesn't grow spiritually, it's because they lack one or more of the following things in their life. I can guarantee it, as I used car. Carcelsman would say, "A child of God who's been born again who doesn't grow—they lack some things in their walk with God. They lack some things in their relationship with God. They lack either one or two of these things. The first thing is a desire to grow. Would you believe?" I have actually, I have actually heard people say, "Well, I don't really care if I grow or not. I just kind of like being right down here, where I can stay humble." That has got nothing to do with being humble. It's got more to do with being stupid. Hello, somebody. I told you I'm gonna get, I, I was gonna. It's gonna get down and dirty. Hallelujah. You, there's something wrong with your relationship with God if you don't have a desire to grow. If if you don't have a desire to be more to be more in God today than you was yesterday, there's something wrong with your walk with God. Amen. And if you don't have a desire to get closer to Him tomorrow than you were today, there's something wrong. 1 Peter 2 and 2. As newborn babes desire, desire the sincere milk of the word that you may what? Grow Grow thereby. If you don't desire to grow, it's never going to happen. Never going to happen. You're going to never get no further in God than what you are right now. And if you don't get no further in God than what you are right now, you might just wind up taking the mark of the beast. You might not have enough strength to resist. I can show you a scripture in the Bible, in the book of Daniel, talking about the last days. It says, when it talks about the millions that will fall away, it says, many of understanding shall fall. Why would somebody of understanding fall if they understand? Why would they fall if they understand? Come on, think. Let's do some brainstorming. If somebody understands, why would they fall? The un- huh? They're not strong enough. That's exactly right, Brother Doug. They they understand, but they're not strong enough. They're too weak. Hmm. My my my. We got a desire to grow. Let Let's read some of this. Have you ever noticed how both parents and children become equally excited when the child learns new things? When there's a new child, a baby born in, into the family. And that child uh, uh, gets some time and begins to grow. Both the parents and the children become equally excited when the child learns to do new things. Taking the first step. My, my, my. When that baby gets up off the floor and begins to take that first step, Mama and Daddy thinks thinks just just like Neil Armstrong, stepping on the moon. Hello, somebody. Oh, look! Oh, look! The first step, saying the first word. You know, hey, maybe some of you are too old. You can't remember back then. I don't know, but uh, when that child says that first word, on all three of our children, I can't remember who was the first one started it. But when the other one, when when the other one heard it, the other one began to counterattack because every every time. Every time I get Kessie in my arms, when she, I, in her ear, I say, Dad, 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 Dad. I wanted her to, her first words to be, Dad, Dad. When, when Dara, Sister Darlene got her, she'd say, Mama, 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 Mama. She wanted to be able to say, she said, Mama, first. And it was the same way with all three of them. There's excitement when a child begins to learn things and to do things. Do you think God gets excited over you? Let me tell you something. Sometimes we we intend to say something to somebody as a compliment, but when you think about it spiritually, it's really not a compliment. I don't want nobody ever saying, I don't want nobody saying about Brother Sammy, well, Brother Sammy, he's always the same. I don't want to be, I don't want people to say I'm always the same. I want some people to see some difference in me to where I've grown. I want some people to notice that hey, he 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 used to be crawling, he's walking now. Hello, somebody. Growth, growth involves change. Hallelujah. Get taller, your vocabulary increases. Amen. So, amen. Think, think about that. Saying the first word, and the child seems to have an inner desire to learn. Every child inside them has got an inner desire to learn, to accomplish. Look at me, Daddy. See what I can do. How many you ever heard something like that before? Daddy, Daddy, Mama, Mama, look at me, look at me. Excitement. Why can't we get that excited over God? Why can't we get that excited over growing closer to God, being an overcomer? Think about it, church. Think about it, please. Hallelujah. But why is it that some, not all, some Christians seem to lack a desire to grow in Christ? They don't quite have that enthusiasm. Why is it that some seem to enjoy being spiritual, spiritual babies? Well, they appear, I don't know, but by their actions and by the way they do, they appear to not want to grow. Well, I feel for one thing, it's just easy being a baby. It's easier being a baby. Why? No responsibility. Others, others have to feed you. Others have to clothe you. Others got to change your diaper. In the church, we are born again. No, I, I got ahead of myself. In the church, you don't have to teach. You don't have to rebuke sin. You don't have to do any kind of work. It's a free ride. You stay a spiritual baby; it's easy. Hallelujah, Lord of God. Some things I've been far too easy on in the past because I've allowed too many people. Now I'm I, I'm going to fess up right now. I'm going to tell you where I where God has showed me that I have come short at. There have been too many times in the past that God has placed somebody in the church on my heart to go to them and ask them to do something in the church or become something or take over this job, take over that that position, too many times I've allowed people to come back with me with this cop out. Well, I'll pray about it. Yeah. What you don't trust my spiritual discernment? If if you got to pray about it after I don't come, told you God asked me to tell you. If you if you don't if you think I'm that far off, you need to be under some other pastor. Because yeah. God is already telling you. God is already telling you to do it. He's already telling you to take up the torch if the man of God comes to you and asks you. Amen. Whoop, whoop, whoop. It's the truth anyhow. And I guarantee you, if I had a dollar for every time I've been told that all the years I've been pastoring, I'd I, I at least have enough to take a Hawaii vacation. But I'll have to pray about it or just another cop-out for somebody who wants to remain a baby and take the easy way out. They don't want to do nothing. They don't want to teach. They don't want to work. They want to take the free ride. That's what's wrong with the planet now, the world right now. Everybody wants a free ride. Hallelujah. Everybody wants to draw their welfare and their food stamps, and they, 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 want, to, they want to go out here and take it all from those who have worked. They're too lazy to work themselves, and they want a free ride. hallelujah, one of the best pieces of advice Brother Moore my daddy ever gave me. He he came up through the hard times. He was born in 1901. 1901. And one of the best pieces of advice he ever gave me, he said, Son, didn't nobody take you up to raise? Hallelujah. He says, Don't nobody owe you a living. When I decided I was big enough to get married, I, I was not quite yet 18-year-old. I was, I was still 17. My parents had to sign for me. Daddy come and told me, he he said, just understand what you're doing. He said, you're taking on a responsibility. He said, it's your God expects the man to get out and make a living and provide for the family, not the woman. That's one reason it's got our country in shape after World War II. Women, during World War II, women had to go to the factories and they had to work and all of that. But after that was over with, there was a whole a lot of that continued. There were, a lot of, there were a lot of ladies working who didn't have to work. They wanted to be able maybe to drive a in Cadillac instead of a Ford or Lincoln instead of a Ford. They liked to be able to go out and buy a new dress uh, on a regular basis. Hallelujah. I mean, you know, I mean, we finally got to the point and place, amen, that um, uh, because of the economy and all that stuff, it had to be. But that's not the way it originally was in this country, and that's the, not the way, that was not God's perfect will. And let me tell you something. This what I'm fixing to tell you is New Testament, not Old Testament. The Bible says that it's God's perfect will for the woman to be keepers at home. Hello. Hey. I ain't never heard that. Yeah, I know it ain't taught and preached today because people don't like to hear that, but it's I can I can give you book, chapter and book. Hallelujah. All right. Being a baby is not the goal of life. Can somebody say amen to that? We are born babies so we can grow up and be productive and useful. Likewise, we are born again so we can become mature Christians and abound in knowledge and service. Hallelujah. Abound. 1 Thessalonians 4 and 1. You're right, Brother Paul. I ain't going to get all this tonight. We're gonna, I'm going to read this scripture and I'm going to close. 1 Thessalonians 4 and 1. Furthermore, then we beseech you, brethren, and exhort you by the Lord Jesus, that as ye have received of us how ye ought to walk and to please God, so ye would abound more and more. What does that word abound mean in the original? It means to excel. God Want you to excel in the kingdom of God. Hallelujah. You've been, you've been saved from the old life. He shed his blood to cover your sins. Now, let me let me end by saying this. Now, these some these things, some of these things I'm telling you tonight has nothing to do with your salvation because you're saved by grace, not by works. God has a, uh, God has a permissive will and he's got a divine will. You can, you can be saved and make it to heaven just by living your whole life by what he permits you to do or permits you not to do or you can develop an attitude is, I want want to be in God's perfect will. I want to excel. I want God to look at me and be proud of me. Just like a child wants their mom and dad to be proud of them, I want God to be proud of me. It's not that being proud when he says, One day we stand before him and say... Well done, thy good and faithful servant. Hallelujah. I'm not doing all this stuff so I can be saved. I'm saved by grace, not by works. I am striving to do this stuff because I want to make every day of my life Him more happy with me. Hallelujah. I want Him more pleased with me. Amen. I want Him to be proud. Who was, somebody tell me who was the first Christian who was killed for the name of Jesus, modern? Somebody remember? Stephen. Stephen. The Bible says Jesus, as a high priest, when he fulfilled his work, went down and sat down at the right hand of majesty on high, power and glory. And he sits as a high priest, the Bible says, to ever help us while we're going through life. That's his position. He's seated right now. but when Stephen was stoned to death before he died he saw a vision up in heaven and he said I see Jesus he was not he wasn't seated but he was standing at the father's right hand now that right hand It represents; it's not to be taken literally, but it it means power and authority. If God is a spirit, and God's spirit is invisible, ain't no way in the world you're going to see it in a visible hand. Represents authority and power. But He wasn't. He the, the the main thing about that verse was Jesus wasn't sitting down when He saw Him; He was standing up. What made Jesus stand up? I'm going to tell you what I believe, why he saw Jesus stand up. The story goes, years ago, a young man was on the track team. He worked hard and he trained hard to win this particular match. He got started, the... the, uh, the, the gun was shot, and they started going around the track. Before they got to the first turn, he fell, and he injured himself. The whole pack went on and left him. Took him forever. Some came out to try to assist him to get off the track. He pushed him away. He says, no, I've worked too hard for this. I might not win it, but I'm going to finish it. He got up and he drug himself and he hobbled. It took him about 15 minutes to get around that track. But 15 minutes later, he came hobbling over that finish line. And in the grandstands, a daddy stood to his feet. Glory well done, son. You didn't break the ribbon, but you finished. I believe when, when Stephen, hallelujah, was stoned to death and the first Christian to speak spill his own blood for the name of jesus hallelujah had jesus saw what he did and even jesus couldn't remain steady but in the power and the gates of heaven he was standing to his feet because when stephen saw him there he stood and he was guiding stephen on hallelujah glory to god he was proud looking down at it, Stephen. And I want my God to do the same of me. So whatever I need to do, I don't care what I have to lay down. Hallelujah. I don't care what I got to do. I'm going to live to please him. Give Jesus a hand clap of praise.